0: Hi, everybody. So here we are back for another episode of Father Knows Something. I'm Jerry and...
1: Morgan.
0: And this is episode 20...
1: 21.
0: So it's twenty-one. There we go. Together, 21.
1: <laughs> so today's episode doesn't really have a theme. We've been trying to keep the write-ins as recent as we can to like get back to people as fast as we can. So... A lot of relationship issues today, just so far from scanning. Justin set it up, so me and you are both going in blind. Where Where's Justin today? Justin is sick with COVID, so he has been quarantining on his own.
0: So we have him outside in the backyard in a yeah. tent? Yeah, yep.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's been at his house. Luckily, I wasn't around him by the time he got sick, so...
0: And this is the Here guy And this is the guy that's been bulletproof the whole time, back when you I guys know. went back to Arizona when the first thing blew up. I know. And this
1: is his first time getting it. it it's it's, triple vaxxed.
0: And does he have a bad case or a decent case? Is there He's a bad, not
1: feeling the best. Okay. Not at all. So we're down one amigo. This is the first time we've recorded without him being here in the room, acting as our producer. So very o- sad.
0: And so obviously we're at, we're at a table, not at the at the couch.
1: Yeah, we have a house guest. Her name is Lauren, and Lauren is sleeping on the couch. So we have converted my setup to be yours today. Uh, I love it. So hence all the trees, the wildlife behind us,
0: and bananas.
1: Yeah, yeah. I learned recently it's been upside down for the past five years. That was (laughs) traumatic for me. Okay. So no idea what the theme is, but here we go.
0: We'll find the theme by the end of the show. Exactly. We always do. That's the way it rolls with us temper, you know. Typically. Typically.
1: Yeah, it sure does.
0: Okay. Let's do it. I'm ready.
1: Starting off today, we have an update from our friend in Scotland. Um, this is f- the first story from episode eighteen.
0: You gonna recap us on the story?
1: Justin didn't type it in. I think this was a Justin episode, and so I have to like go back and look at it. Okay. So episode eighteen was feeling stuck.
0: This was really nice to hear, as I had been hurt, and it was nice to see how was her boyfriend matured? Andrew. Mm -hmm. I remember correctly, I said your problem first is with Andrew, you got to work that one out. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. And it sounds like it was some relationship problems, kind of feeling a little stuck and then an old person reached out and she wasn't sure how to navigate this. So she goes, update from Scotland, hello, Jerry and Justin, (laughs) I am the girl from Scotland who didn't know if it was lust or the one that got away. And well, I have an update for you. First of all, thank you for answering my write-in. I can't tell you how grateful I am and how surprised I was when I was on my way to work when I started your new episode and heard my write-in. I was shocked and super excited. I couldn't believe it. So again, thank you. I also would have loved to have read it to you in my Glaswegian... Glaswegian accent.
0: Uh, yes. But I don't
1: think you would be able to understand me fully as I apparently have a very strong accent and talk quite fast. So you may have needed subtitles. So for my update, things sort of resolved themselves before your podcast episode came out. But listening to both yours and Justin's advice solidified my decision and I closed my eyes and listened to my gut. So taking one person at a time, things weren't so good with Andrew fighting over silly things and not much getting resolved and just getting irritated with one another. When things get hard, I usually shut down and don't say much, but I am a very emotional person. So whenever I have a serious chat, I do end up crying almost every time. Same. And Andrew isn't much for communicating emotions, which can be hard. Anyways, we sat down and had a very serious chat. We both weren't happy with how things were going. We are both stubborn and headstrong. He wasn't sure if this was what he wanted, and I ended up taking the night off work to sleep on things and really work it out for myself. Once we cleared the air and got on the same page, things have been good since. I told him what I needed from him and vice versa, if we both wanted this to work, and we agreed that if we end up in a disagreement and need some space, I say, I hear you, but I need to take some time to myself to digest this, and Andrew is respectful of that, and we can revisit when I'm up to speaking about it. Now to Luke. As I said previous, we used to work together, and it so happens a few people from our old work wanted to have a night out, so I did actually see Luke in person. I chatted to others, and with Luke a bit, but mostly to the girls. At one point in the night, Luke and I ended up alone at a table. He complimented me and said it was nice to see everyone again, etc. He then tried to kiss me, and I knew there and then, that's not what I wanted. This was not it. So I stopped him before he could get close and told him this wasn't going to happen. And that's when his mood or, quote, feelings towards me changed. And I knew in my gut he was only talking to me for one thing, really. And this was really just temptation. I used to be a party girl, worked four 12-slash-14-hour shifts in a row, and would party five days in a row. I was the life of the party. Didn't have any responsibilities at the time in my life, apart from university and helping out my mom, dated a few guys, but those guys would also mess me around a lot. And I ended up getting my heart broken. And one of them was Luke. It was though my rose tinted glasses had come off. And I looked at myself and asked, what was I doing? I'm not that girl anymore. I have a house, a dog, a good job and a boyfriend that I love and can see myself marrying at some point. And Luke was not it for me. What I believe made me feel like it was maybe something else was the fact Andrew was irritating me and Luke was someone to talk to and who made me feel good about myself. So after that night out, I removed Luke from all of my social media. Looking back now, I know he wasn't the one that got away. I am in a much happier place in myself and my relationship. Andrew and I talk to each other in a much more pleasant manner, or as you would say, Jerry, with elegance, when things are annoying us and are communicating this better. I can't thank you enough for the advice and solidifying the decision I made. I'm so glad I can talk to you guys.
0: Wow, fantastic
1: yeah, very good.
0: She worked on the first the, the first, the first issue first and that that healed the second issue solved yes, that problem it fantastic did. i we are so pleased for you
1: I know I wasn't even a part of this one, and I don't really know what's going on but i I think I remember they had a German shepherd.
0: I just say bravo,
1: <laughs> very happy
0: or for her brava
1: mm-hmm. to the red ends. Go ahead. I have been blessed that I've been retired my granddaughter's entire life. I have always been able to watch her when the kids have to work or she can't go to school, whether that's from illness or school not being open. Recently, they all moved to a much more secluded area from the city and purchased their first home. Unfortunately, as happens in rural rural areas, <laughs> This like, word really is rural fucking with me. Okay, rural, rural, area. rural areas. The services are more limited. Their internet service is limited to a certain amount each month before it gets throttled to the point of Mm -hmm. me not being able to even send a picture via text, much less access the internet. I have a different phone provider than they do, and although I get great reception in my home, I can't even make a phone call from their home without Wi-Fi assistance. Okay, now to my problem. I am starting a business and I need access to the internet and phone service to set up slash run this business. I am also very early in sobriety. I have found that the easiest way for me to not drink is to attend meetings using the Zoom app. My question struggle is how can I talk, or do I even talk, to my daughter about this? I don't want to stop spending time with my family, but I really do need to work while I'm there. Also, I don't want to fuck up and start drinking again. I will lose everything if I do that. So... Any ideas?
0: This is a problem that I think we've experienced here, and we don't live in a rural—a good word—rural area. We're right in the heart of heart of LA, and we and our internet yeah. sucks.
1: So we get the Wi-Fi struggles.
0: We do. Um, there's a couple dynamics that are going on. We first we, we didn't realize in the beginning that she had an alcohol issue, and now she's retired. She's gets to enjoy her her grandchildren. Okay, and then she be, she became sober. Yes. And I'm trying to see how all that plays in to the fact that she's starting a new business just to keep herself occupied, not to go back into drinking and having that issue when she has her grandkids.
1: I mean, she is only 50, very young age to retire at. Mm -hmm. So, you know, depending on the job, maybe this is like a, a, even though she retired from her first thing, maybe this is a second career.
0: Let's go back to the main problems so we can make this you know, you can cut all this other stuff out. The, the The problem that she's having is she she has needs an internet internet solution. Mm-hmm. And the fact that her kids are younger and they have full knowledge of what's going on in their area as far as getting coverage and what other options that they have. I don't know if it's satellite, if it's. I mean, you certainly have different people that are. Um, you know, Elon Musk just came out with his new uh, satellite form of uh, internet
1: but that's very unaffordable
0: again I don't know what that's 500 bucks a month
1: that's and insane
0: it it is insane but if you're trying to start a business sometimes it's a cost of doing business I don't know what you know how bigger businesses or what she's doing you've had an issue when you're trying to post and you have to be able to post but I think it's easy to have a conversation with her um, her daughter and her daughter's husband that maybe they can come up with a solution for the internet. Uh, problem or she's going to have to make their priority of staying with her business to stay in the city and run her business and and they're going to have to find other care for the for the grandkids
1: well let's mm, but that's not what she wants either so let me read the ideal outcome and some other info okay so ideal outcome be able to watch my granddaughter spend time with my family work and attend meetings thank you And then we are now asking anything else we should know. And she says, My granddaughter coming down to where I live isn't an option right now because my daughter is concerned and I don't blame her about me drinking. I usually watch my granddaughter for about a week every month or so. I truly appreciate the take and advice from y'all. In this situation, I think Morgan is very close to my daughter's age. And Jerry, you have such sound, well-thought-out wisdom. And Justin, you always seem to bring in those different points of view that are really helpful. Also, my daughter is not a drunk like me and she doesn't really understand what I get out of the meetings. She doesn't understand why it scares the hell out of me when I have to go a while without them. They do not drink while I am here though. I just want to correct you in your language and you talking about yourself. You're not a drunk. You're a person who is recovering from... A very serious issue, and alcoholism is a disease. It's not anything to do with you or being weak, or it's it's tough. So look at yourself a little, little more highly, a little better. And the fact that you are taking such drastic steps to maintain your sobriety and maintain connected with your group is incredible. So do not sell yourself short. You're not a drunk. You're a person who has struggled with something.
0: It, it's evidently it's very important that she definitely stays in the city if she wants to do the work because she can't do her work in out out in the country. The only if she's if they're not willing to find a uh, a GPS or a, a satellite version of internet for them or something that can. Because there were other things beside uh, Elon Musk, there were some other. uh, The Hughes Electronics also had an internet uh, uh, service as well through their satellite dishes as well. But that, if that doesn't work and they can't solve that problem, then the only thing I can suggest is that she has to do her work three times, you know, the three weeks, and then take that week to go be with the the kids. And if she has to make, make sure she's at meetings, do the meetings within those three weeks or three and a half weeks. And, you know, only go to her, uh, out to the country, you know, for four days a week, she's got to, she's got to not, not give up what she needs. She's got to keep the mask on her. You need to keep the mask, the emergency mask on your face first. You got to take, you got to take care of yourself, before you can worry about the grandchildren because if you're not taking care of yourself, you're no use to the grandchildren. So that's in a nutshell, that's the summary. You, you have to give yourself the responsible time if it's Monday if, if it's if it's from Tuesday to th- Friday that you're going to be with the the kids out in the country or Wednesday to Sunday, to be there with the kids and you're going to come back in and split that week in half. You might need to do that just so you're able to run your business during some of the, the, the days of the week and, and you're going to be able to run your business.
1: Yeah. I think there's a couple other options though, where sobriety, a big part of it is maintaining your relationships with your family. So I look at this as, sobriety seems to be a big, big important issue for her. And so the new business, while also important, might not be the top priority. And so sobriety and, you know, making sure you're well supported with family, friends is really crucial. So I don't want her to impact her occupations and the way she's running her life just because of a business. So I think where I, and you know, my head at is at, I would look into other phone providers where you could maybe just purchase a hotspot service. Um, They sell like little hotspot boxes that you connect to your phone or computer and like I don't know where you're located because it doesn't mention it if you're in the States or UK or whatever Um, but I know like AT&T you don't have to have an AT&T phone service to then just buy their internet little hotspot Mm -hmm. and it connects to satellites and whatever and it works really well even in like super remote areas because my mom has one and she lives in the middle of freaking nowhere. Um, I also know with Zoom, I'm sure like the video aspect of it is really nice to be able to like Zoom in and see people on the Mm -hmm. screen and stuff like that. But I know if you are um, like really, you know, in a pinch to say, um, to put it that way, you can get a call-in number for Zoom so you can actually dial the same Zoom meeting Mm -hmm. from a phone service. And it's just a dial number Mm -hmm. that you then call. And so that's what I would try. I would look into those other options because you don't want to put your life on hold or sacrifice what's been working. Like this way she's been doing things has been working. If those aren't options... Then I would resort to what you're saying and like, yeah, you do have to balance it like to the point where you need to stay in the city for these things because they are so important right now, especially early on in sobriety.
0: I'm trying to understand why she's afraid to have the conversation with her daughter and her son-in-law.
1: I think she's scared. I think look at the way she's talking about herself. You know, she's, I think there's, I can imagine there's a lot of shame here. A lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. a lot of regret remorse all the above and I think she doesn't want to hurt her daughter mm-hmm. you know if she's if she's considering herself a drunk and calling herself that then there's probably been a lot of hurt and damage in the past and so it's a very tough vulnerable conversation to have and she is on the up and up in the mend and the last thing she wants to do then is to give her daughter any reason to be more worried or doubt her mm-hmm. or have to keep one eye open even more.
0: In, I, I have very little ex, uh, experience with alcoholism and I have very little experience with people that had to go to meetings. But I do think that if, if, her, if she herself is cogniz- cognizant of these issues and she knows she has to go to the meetings and she's open with her daughter and her daughter is supporting her through this. It seems like it's, it's, it, you know, you talked about it being part of the family connection to do this. It's all of them working together to help. I think that, you know, I hope that her daughter is part of her solution to give her backup. Yeah. And, and, and it th-
1: seems like it, she does mention they don't drink while she's there, which mm-hmm. is very, that's supportive.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I, I I cannot imagine that the carriers that are in your area that are that are in that area may also like like you said have the suggestions of the hotspots mm-hmm. of the amplifier the technology that are out there, and we don't have any idea if she's in this country a different country we don't
1: yeah no idea where she lives but
0: so I would it, look it, into those harder. other
1: options first.
0: But the most important thing is that the only thing that I, I, I will uh, reaffirm by saying is uh, take care of your own need first and keep yourself healthy before you worry about the grandkids. Because if you are not healthy, then you know yourself, you have to not 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 put yourself where you can have a problem with the kids.
1: Yeah. And I think that's especially the case. Like little kiddo is only five, and you want to be there for the next... 20 years the next 30 years the next 40 years of her life so if this is early on in your journey like your sobriety is by far the most important issue here um, your family will understand a little distance or maybe a little less time right now because that is what's most important so you can be a part of the next 40 years and not not hurt yourself by you know drinking or putting yourself in a bad situation or things like that so They'll understand. Um, your daughter, I'm sure, loves you very much. So just have the conversation. Literally, share this episode with her. Yeah,
0: and and hold yourself high. Most importantly, and yes. you know your focus. You know what you're you're trying to achieve and what you're doing. So whatever the steps are to to achieve it, I'm I'm sure you're getting help. And and I do believe that you always have in in AA there is someone that is your partner, your sponsor. Typically
1: if it's the, if it's an AA type program, so there's a bunch of different ones.
0: I would certainly still be very much in touch with that person. Yeah. You know, just to check in and, and have that extra security if that's what it takes right now for you.
1: Yeah. And maybe you can't zoom, but maybe if you know you're going to your daughters for a week or whatever time span, you could set up like daily calls with your sponsor or like other people within your group to like do a group call or something like that. I think there's, there's other ways to like use that support system without maybe having to use the zoom, but also try the call in line because I think that is something a lot of people don't know about zoom is that you can just like dial in as well. You don't have to use the app or like do it. You can just literally call.
0: You you have had the most unique write-in of all the write-ins that I've, <laughs> that I've, I've experienced and, and probably the the most uh, uh, the the least amount of expertise in or experience in, but I do know one thing that I have found very true with with this show is that comments from the outside yes are, YouTube are, are strong YouTube
1: and, do your work
0: and people really chime in to to help some of the the ins where I have failed, I, I I certainly am called out quite a bit sometimes.
1: I don't think you failed, but sometimes we can't they, all be perfect.
0: Sometimes people just say, you know, I'm surprised Jerry didn't come up with this. And and like I said, you know, I'm I do the best that of, of my experience and what comes to my mind. And so it's great that the the writers listen and they all participate. So I would read them. The comments are usually have have a lot of strength in them.
1: Definitely, I think. The community that's come together is really amazing. I, I, I saw a lot of comments for our write-in that um, her boyfriend has car anxiety, and those comments were great. So, mm-hmm. I would be sure to check the comments after you hear your story on this episode.
0: So keep those comments coming as well because they really they they do really help everybody. So it's nice to be part of a family that we can all unite in. in for And sure. give these thoughts.
1: Definitely. Okay. My best friend is in love with me and I don't know what to do. I, 21 female, am in a happy relationship with my boyfriend and I have eyes for nobody else but him. He has always been kind of jealous of this close friend of mine, 30 male, but I always told him he had nothing to worry about because he was just a friend. I was wrong. A few months ago, this friend confessed his feelings towards me. He told me it wasn't always this way, but the more time he spent with me, the more he got to know me, the more he realized that he was really in love with me. He also said he wasn't telling me this to try to be in a relationship with me as he respects my relationship, but because life is too short to not tell the people you love how you feel. This really touched me as he told me that he had lost his father in a car crash two years ago and how that changed his life. So I told him that I still care about him and that this won't change our friendship. Ever since then, we have kept our relationship the same. But we've talked about this a few times and it's really hurting him. He told me he can't do anything without thinking of me and the pain he's in because of this. I can tell he's really depressed due to a number of things, including what happened with his father. I feel responsible for his feelings and I don't know what to do. I have considered slowly distancing myself from him in order to help him get over his feelings. But I see him every day, as we go to the same small university and have the same group of friends. I have told him I would be there for him no matter what, because I am afraid he might do something crazy if I stop talking to him or avoid him. But if I tell him I can't see him or go out, he brings up how depressed he feels and how much he needs me, and it's really starting to weigh on me and I don't know what to do. I don't want to lose him as a friend, but I don't want him to keep suffering like this over me. And I feel guilty and responsible. So I'm really lost and confused. What should I do? I haven't told anyone about this and need some friendly advice.
0: I'm processing it first for a second. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting dynamic. You have had this relationship of friendship with him, yet you've, you have had your boyfriend mm-hmm. at the same time. So obviously, whatever friendship you have with him, your intimacy, the uh, the relationship that you share with your, with your boyfriend, he has certainly been a part of that and experienced that as well. And if he can actually become friends with the unit, if you and your boyfriend and he, and he's part of that circle where he loves the two of you and that friendship, then it's, there's a possibility. If he's just enamored with you and he's, There's just no other way. Then you'll have to just kind of say, look, for right now, we need to just, look, I love you. I love our friendship and I love you as a person. You know, we, we have this certain bond, but I need to take a, we need to just pay, you know, take two, two or three steps back, let you find someone that you can transfer those feelings when, when it's right. And maybe we can resume our friendship. And in the meantime, if you need a friend, I am here. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not, you know, neither one of us are mad with one another. There's been no disrespect and the transparency is is certainly there. So that's gonna help get through it. The transparency of just being true to your feelings and true to him and and talk to him no different than you're talking, you know, to your best friend.
1: Yeah, I think honestly, distance right now is probably your best answer. I, one, you should not feel responsible for his feelings at all unless you've been making advances or leading him on in a way that would initiate those feelings. Like, you can't be responsible for someone's feelings. And, like, he clearly is going through a rough time. He lost his dad two years ago, and maybe he, like, is perceiving things that aren't really there. But it does worry me in this situation that she's scared to even stop talking to him because if she tells him that she can't see him or go out, he brings up how depressed he feels and how much he needs me. And it's really starting to weigh on me and I don't know what to do. That to me feels manipulative. mm mm-hmm. It feels like a tactic he might be using to rope you in and keep you connected to him. And I don't think that's fair of him at all. I think I would start really like make sure you're aware of that kind of red flag there. Um, But I think distance might be the best thing. Like make sure you're only hanging out in groups if you do hang out at all and bring your boyfriend with you. Um, I just worry that this escalates to something really unhealthy or bad
0: right but if, if she needs to bring her boyfriend with her to protect herself for, or protect from this guy's feelings then she's using her boyfriend and that's wrong as well that the the, the Not idea if they're
1: in a group setting
0: hold on the what i was trying to really suggest is if they are if if they can all be friends and the guy can accept the boyfriend that, to the fact that he loves his friendship and you know they're 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 all good friends that way it has a chance. If less that, then she has to she has to cut him loose for a while until he can take those feelings and develop his own uh, self, or he can find somebody that he's has, he has those feelings are no longer apparent, and they're, th- that hole's healed over. And if yeah. it and if it doesn't ever heal over, then then she just kind of has to hold herself away because she can't have a normal relationship with her boyfriend with all this baggage it's too much weight She can't carry it i certainly will say this that if he cannot respect the relationship and be the friend of you your and your you and your boyfriend is one you guys are a unit he has to love you guys as a unit and the friendship is of the unit and if it's simply you and he he can't get over the fact of you then you have to literally separate yourself cuz you can't carry that weight of everything that he has to offer, yet you're trying to support a relationship with your boyfriend and you're trying to be a buddy to this guy, and he's got a whole different agenda. You can't let him manipulate you that way.
1: Yeah, and I think like you don't necessarily – like not everyone is going to get along and be besties. Like he can be just your friend, but if he can't get over his feelings and he's still going to be manipulative Mm -hmm. and guilt trip you and make you feel responsible and guilty – that's not healthy. That's, a, that's not that, what a friend does. That's someone who's trying to manipulate the situation to get in your head in hopes that you feel bad enough to want to date them
0: that's a lot that's a that's a heavy that's that's a lot of weight
1: that is way, way too much weight. And i it's hard. Like as a girl, we I've been in situations like this where you make guy friends that you think just like you for you and then down the road, it's not the case. and It's uncomfortable and it's hard because you do just want to be friends and you do love them as a friend and value their friendship. But like you said, like when ulterior motives come into it, it's it's really challenging. So I would just keep your guard up and really try to to smooth this over the best you can. But if he's not going to be healthy in terms of boundaries and, you know, kind of trauma dumping on you, then distance yeah it it it, beca- yeah.
0: it becomes a it's it's too yucky yeah yucky is a good word too yucky
1: I know and it's sad because it it does sound like he's going through it but at the same time he's he's got to be respectful of you your relationship your feelings and he's not he's being a little manipulative hmm?
0: but I think it's really clear that if you just say you know go heal. I'm here. If you ever, you know, if you need me, we, and I wouldn't say I'm here. I'd say, you know, if your boyfriend's name is Dave, you can say Dave and I are here for you. Yeah. Keep you, you know, you're the fact that you and Dave, David, if that's his name, are a couple and you're a unit, then you stand together. Yeah. And, you know, you can always say, you know, Dave and I are here for you. We stand together. And, it works that way. It, it 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 literally he gets the fact that you are in a relationship, you are happy, you are secure in it and you're not going anywhere. You're not you're not going down this other road and he has only one option except your friendship and he's going to have to go find someone to fill that void with him. Definitely. No matter how important he thinks you are to that. I mean, I I certainly have a wonderful friend and and, and my friend Carla. We Certainly once upon a time I had a different relationship. It didn't work out. We are uh close together, but I'm not just friends with Carla, I'm friends with her her fiance. And we are
1: Yeah, life is good.
0: Life is good. And so I'm friends with the, the unit. And when we communicate, we it's it's the unit. Yeah. It That's works. how it's gotta be. And it works. Moving along. Okay. Next one.
1: Hi Jerry, Justin and Morgan. <laughs> I love your podcasts, and it reminds me of me and my father. I was just wanting some insight in how I should navigate such feel about my current situation. Me, 23, and my boyfriend, 22, have been dating for just over two years now. It's been amazing for the most part, but every relationship has its ups and downs. I care a lot about him, and that's what makes this the most difficult. I think that I've fallen out of love with him, which sounds really bad. I've been feeling this way for a few months and I don't know what to do because it will break his heart. I think we have just grown apart as we have gone through our lives with with study and work. During these past 2 years we've grown up a lot and we've both changed and I feel like this change has potentially caused my feelings to shift. I love adventure, being very active and doing spontaneous things. That's how we became friends before dating. For a while, I kept on asking him to go for a surf or a run, and he kept saying no, he was busy, or he was struggling with something, which I can totally get and I fully support. My issue was that I didn't want to be the only one putting in effort. I brought this up, discussed it, and things were good. However, after a few months, the same thing happened, and once again, for the next few months, I was the only one trying to organize things, etc., and I brought it up again And things have repeated themselves, but this time I don't really want to bring this up. It's kind of selfish, but I don't always want to be the one to bring up the negatives, as it seems like that is always the case. He's kind of the classic golden retriever boyfriend where he's amazing, super sweet, but also doesn't see when he is not doing something that isn't great. I care a lot about him and was wanting your opinion on what I should do.
0: Well, you've had the discussions, multiple, and if your feelings are have changed, you have to be open with him and say because he's feeling it anyway. There, there's no way that he's not feeling the the vibe that you're not giving, and then the vibe that you are giving. So you know, rather than having an elephant in the room, sit down over a glass of wine and have a discussion about what you really want to do about the relationship and if it's. Parting ways and being friends or, you know, knowing one another for whatever it is and realizing that you're not each other's person, then that's the conversation you have. I mean, you're not mad. He's just not being able to to, to be the person that he originally demonstrated that he was. He, he was for a while, but he's not that person anymore. And you have to identify it because otherwise you're just going to keep getting more bitter and bitter and it's just not going to be healthy at all so take it now when you when you guys can ha- actually have a conversation and you know I think you'll both you'll both feel relieved because maybe you both really don't want to be in the relationship
1: yeah and I think honestly sometimes dudes are very unaware but I think it's the fact that You've asked twice, and you shouldn't have to nag like this. It, it should be a more balanced relationship. And so as far as your needs, he's not meeting your needs, and, and he, that's okay.
0: And there's probably someone out there that's a better ma- match for him.
1: Ex- that's Exactly. There's yeah. There's a better match for both of you. So it's okay to grow. It's okay to outgrow partners. And I mean... That's just what happens. You leave each relationship learning something new and also what you want and maybe don't want for the next one. So I think, like you said, sit down and talk it it out.
0: Have the conversation. I mean, I I do really do believe it takes a year before the the people, that when a couple start dating, before the real person uh, comes out of it. Yeah, Uh, There's a lot of, you know, courting that goes on before the reality of what what it really is going to be and you know i'm, I'm sure i'm guilty of it as well
1: i think we all can we all can become complacent so
0: you, you just need to have the dialogue because it's not going to it's not working this way so you only have one choice that is that is the conversation and the sooner you have it with them and again you don't it's not a conversation where your guys are going to be throwing bananas at one another it, you know, doing Michael Franks, it's really the 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 fact you're going to sit down and have a glass of wine and just say, you know, we let's just talk about this. You know, this is where I'm feeling and I'm not ragging you, but I also prepared that we're, we may not be each other's person. Yeah. And, and this is the conversation we should really, you know, have in a nice environment so we can decide what direction we want to take on this. We don't need this. St- we don't have to stay together. And that's that's the reality. We don't have to.
1: Yeah. Okay. Next.
0: That, and that's what I would tell somebody if, if they were my kid and they said, Dad, what do you think? <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Which was her ideal outcome. Just some advice as a father, someone who has potentially gone through this. This next one, you definitely have not gone through. And this is why I had you do some homework. And I we watched the spoons video mm. so we could explain the spoons theory to you. Uh, For those of you that aren't familiar, this next story has to do with both partners having chronic illnesses. And the spoons theory is essentially a theory that explains how throughout the day we might have certain tasks, but we only have a certain amount of energy, which could be 10 spoons a day. So for someone with a chronic illness, it might take a spoon just to get out of bed it might take a spoon to then brush their teeth. It might take a spoon to make breakfast. Whereas someone who is just abled body and doesn't have a chronic illness or a disability mm-hmm. to do their whole morning routine could take one spoon. That's it. Or someone with a chronic illness or disability, it could take them four spoons to clean their house. Whereas an able body average person, it could take one spoon. So it's just a theory that explains how Energy is not infinite and it takes different expenditures for different tasks depending on the person.
0: We it's good to have her as a teacher, isn't it?
1: <laughs> I want to make sure everyone's involved on this next one because these people can use some good advice. Okay. Let's see if you got it.
0: Let's 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 see if I learned anything.
1: Some backstory. I, 31 female and my husband, 31 male, both have chronic illnesses. My husband has MS, multiple sclerosis, diagnosed in 2018, and I have EDS, Ehrler's Danlos syndrome, and POTS, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, diagnosed in 2020 and 2022. We both work crazy hours. I work 6.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, and Hubby works 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday. Mm -hmm. We both have a five-year-old daughter. On my bad days, I am literally unable to get up and off the floor as I instantly get dizzy or may pass out. I also have a limited amount of energy I can use without paying severely for it the next day. Look into the spoon theory. It'll explain better than I can. Oh, also with the spoon theory, um, if you borrow like, or if you overexpend your energy Mm -hmm. and like borrow into the next day, you like pay for it. And then right. you start the next day with less spoons, just
0: add that. And if it goes on for the next day, you're, you're eventually, eating. eventually, you're bankrupt. So. You have no spoons.
1: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Look at you.
0: Well, I actually called. It, I actually for years have called this the sugar pile, but that's okay. <laughs>
1: I like going. the sugar pile. That's good too. Um, all in all, it makes doing everything difficult, especially with a lot of ups and downs, as it triggers my pots, with. That out of the way, for our Christmas present, my mother-in-law has been paying for a cleaning lady to come over to our house weekly to help out. Let's call her Mrs. Terry. Mrs. Terry so far has been wonderful, and granted, while our house never looked like a pigsty, it certainly looks better than before. My daughter loves her and loves to help her, and I thought everything was going fine, until recently. My mother-in-law called to fuss at my husband and I for taking advantage of Mrs. Terry, that we are not supposed to be leaving her a giant mess to clean and how she is there to help keep the place clean and not clean for us. This has come as a complete shock to me and was the first I have heard anything like this. I ask her all the time if there's anything she needs me to do to help her out, and I am told, quote, no, I'm being paid to help you guys out. I have even given her several tips whenever possible as an extra thanks to her. Mrs. Terry has told my mother-in-law that she wants to quit cleaning our house completely and it feels like a slap in the face. When I finally get home from work and pick up my daughter from daycare, it is 5.30 p.m. I cook dinner, do the dishes, pick up, give my daughter a bath, brush her teeth, and get her ready for bed all before 8.30. I stay up till about 10 to 1 to make sure my child is asleep, and to take a shower and other items I need to do to get ready for work the next day as I get up at 5 a.m. to go to work. I don't know what more I can do. My husband does come home from work to cook himself a meal before he goes to bed, but I try to clean up after him the next day when I'm home. I'm already walking a fine line with my medical team with all that I do and have a written list from all of them taped to my fridge on what I should and should not do, such as skipping meals, not getting enough sleep, or skipping my meds? Should I wake up earlier to clean before I leave for work? Leave work earlier to come home and clean and potentially risk losing my job that has been paying me very well and working with me and all of my health problems? My husband is currently trying to figure out what the hell is going on and has explained to mother-in-law everything we do and has even shown her pictures. Why
0: did Mrs. Terry all of a sudden want to quit? That's what I, I, I'm. I'm lost. Why did, she's the one that said, "I'm being paid to do this. Don't worry about it." And all of a sudden, she wants to quit. Something didn't make sense to me. There, did I miss something in the story? You
1: did not miss anything. This is Mrs. Terry, and
0: or is the or could it be that the mother in law is is just even though she's paying for it, that she is telling Mrs. Terry something else. And there's another dialogue that's going on there that w- that we should know about.
1: I got a couple questions that I had. Okay. One, what was Mrs. Terry's relationship with your mother-in-law prior to her coming and working here? Is mm-hmm. this like a friend? Was this her cleaning lady? I do agree there. I think like OP, our writer, should probably go to Mrs. Terry and be like, hey, you know, is there something I can do to be better? But my thought is, I think Mrs. Terry's pulling a bait and switch.
0: I don't know. I mean, the, the, I would first of all, I, I cannot imagine the mother-in-law saying, "Look, I pay Mrs. Terry four hundred a week, or three hundred a week, or whatever she's paying I to do this, and whatever whatever the number is, yeah, whatever, that, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. F- establish the number and say, look." Maybe I can find somebody else that will work with that. That will work for what what, are, what the job needs. That we are able to accomplish this, you know. the The mother in law certainly is not trying. If she's given this gift, she understands yeah. that these people need help. Definitely, and you know the the diseases that they have are are real and severe. I, it, they're debilitating, to say the least. Definitely. So it's amazing that your mother in law wants to help this way. It's in the financial, you know, position that she can afford to do it. I'm just amazed that someone hasn't asked the question that they get the dollar number. What is the what are we working with here? And maybe you can find someone else that can you can lay out the expectation and what the pay is for that expectation and see if someone will come in gracefully and take that and take that position and fill it. And maybe Miss, maybe Miss Terry isn't, you know, the right one. I hear Mrs. Doubtfire, Doubt, Doubtfire is available now. <laughs> but
1: I would agree with that. I think, so it's, this is what makes me really sad. Uh, so she writes her ideal outcome. I want to know what I'm doing wrong, what I need to do better in regards to my house. I don't want my family to be living in a house that a cleaning service considers a filthy pigsty and I no longer see my house as anything else other than completely filthy. Mrs. Terry does know of all of our health conditions and has been there cleaning on days where I was home and the days were bad. This just overall, like, you're not doing anything wrong. You're doing a lot more than you probably should be doing as someone dealing with the chronic health conditions Mm -hmm. you are. I, as an OT, would say... You are overexpending yourself by a lot. Um, Even your husband's schedule, 12-hour shifts are very strenuous. And someone with MS, you both are doing a lot. You're not doing anything wrong. This is like going to make me cry. I don't think Mrs. Terry is a good fit. I think Mrs. Terry is potentially saying these things to maybe get more money. Um, This just feels like a bad situation and not a good fit to me because you are doing so, so much.
0: I'm going to say one thing also. This is a clear, uh, it appears to be a clear instance where one is playing the other and, and she is putting your mother-in-law on you and you're getting stuck with the wake of what this woman is trying to manipulate the situation. Yeah. So, I would, again, have a, the, your your ally is your mother-in-law. At least she started as your ally. And you need to go reestablish that relationship. You know, you and your husband could sit down with her and say, you know, mom, this is what's reality. So I, we appreciate the help. And if you want to continue the to help, at least give us an idea of the budget. And we'll see. It. And if we have to increase the budget to get someone to do to 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 participate and and me and Dave have to kick some money in we'll do it but, but we can't do physically do it we're we're taxed as it is and we and let's see how we can work it out as a family to get the the right person in here
1: yeah that you need someone else Mrs. Terry as kind as she may be she's got to be done one. If Mrs. Terry felt like she was doing way more than she is being paid for, she should have came to you as the homeowner, as the person that lives there, as the person that is creating the so-called mess, which I don't think there's as big of a mess as Mrs. Terry
0: is making it seem. She's certainly bringing drama into the family. She's bringing
1: so much drama. Mrs. Terry should have approached you. That's the professional thing to do.
0: Yeah, because because your mother-in-law is paying the bill and she's now going to go try to work it. She just, she just, she just, she just, she just laid a poo poo all over the place here. Yeah.
1: And for no reason. Like why? No, she had a reason. For more money. Money. That's why I think this is a bait and switch. Mm -hmm. I think Mrs. Terry is trying to take advantage because she went, she went to the mother-in-law first instead of talking to you, the one that lives in this house. She went there to be like, oh my God, I can't do it anymore. I want to quit. Let her quit. Let her quit. Say, fine. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mrs. Terry. Quit. She did this for a reason. And your mother-in-law doesn't know the condition. And so Mrs. Terry going to your mother-in-law first, your mother-in-law of course is going to be like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. What's going on? I had no idea. Mrs. Terry is, she's on my shit list. I would find someone else that's a better fit. Um, this isn't it. And you're doing a lot. The fact that you are cooking, cleaning, cleaning, Doing the dishes, picking up your daughter, giving your daughter a bath, doing all this, like you're doing so much. Also, I don't know if there's a typo here, but if you are staying up until about 10 to one and then you're getting up at five, that is not enough sleep for yourself.
0: Not for someone that has got a chronic disease. No,
1: two, two very serious (laughs) chronic illnesses. Go to bed. The minute your daughter is in bed, go to bed. If it makes you feel better to have a baby monitor still, have a baby monitor Otherwise, like your kiddo's five, make sure she knows that she can come into your room whenever, go to bed, don't stay up more than you need to, and get a cleaner that isn't you know, there, a fucking there, weirdo. There,
0: there is something very definitely going on there, and if you have, if you align yourself with your mother-in-law, since she was the person that came in to bring this person to help, and say, you know, what is going on here, because this, nothing here is consistent. No and bad vibes and then get your mother-in-law to to work with you on this and since she's paying the woman you can even you know you, you maybe need to establish with your mother-in-law who is the lady of the house. I appreciate you paying her but she's gotta either she got has to answer to me because I'm the homeowner I'm I'm the yeah. person that she's servicing
1: Well and I think that's so fair
0: and then get your mother-in-law to issue that to Mrs. Terry, if she remains, if, if if that is going to be the play, but she has to certainly uh, answer to you.
1: Yeah. And I think there's such a nice way you can say that, where you can just be like, you know what, like, I'm so thankful for you for even paying for this, offering to gift us with this service. Like, this is incredible. I don't want you to be burdened by anything else, like, let me take care of the contact with whoever is going to be the one cleaning our house. Like, mm-hmm. make sure they don't come to you with issues. Like, come to me. This is my home. Let me remedy any issues going forward.
0: Yes, because they will end up playing one end against the other. This is, yes. And this is a classic case of what I see with that. Yeah. Very negative, very mucky. Oh. And this
1: is someone who sees you at your worst, clearly, because she's been there on bad days and is now trying to take advantage.
0: So, let us. We'd like to update us on this, would you?
1: Please do, because I'm f- fucking raging over here.
0: Well, there's more. To, <laughs> there's more to this that we don't know, and we're, we're and we're going to hear it. She's gonna, for sure, but she's going to un- uncover the next layer, and then we'll. It's like an onion. We'll we'll hear more.
1: I know. And take care of yourself. There's only there's only one of you. You know, you and your partner. You and your partner too. There's you know two of you for your little kiddo. So. Make sure you're really priorit- bleh, prioritizing yourselves. I'm so mad I can't even talk. Ah, Okay. There's one more, and then we have a Patreon story. Okay. Do I tell a girl I don't know her nudes are on the internet? I, 25 female, met this girl, 27 female, one time in passing at a party in high school. At the time, she lived in the next town over about 15 minutes away. She still lives in the area, and I live a state away. We are friends on Facebook, but I haven't had a conversation since the initial high. My friend, who doesn't live in the area I grew up in, reached out to tell me about this anonymous nude-sharing website. He was looking on the website and came across a thread of nudes from my hometown. Someone has posted the 27 female girls' nudes on the website. Do I tell her even though I don't know her or have spoken to her?
0: Well, she's never spoken to her.
1: They met at a party once.
0: So if she calls her and she just says, "By the way, I saw nude. Uh, your, are you aware your nudes are up there? Do you want to just do it that way?"
1: Exactly. Clean, honest.
0: Are you aware your nudes are up there?
1: Point blank. Okay. I think if this was me in this situation, mm-hmm. like, and I think our listener can ask themselves, like, if this was you, would you want someone to tell you? So the the answer. Put in the this answer is
0: shoes. clearly we both agree one thing. She, yes, you got to disclose you it.
1: Got to tell her absolutely. as soon as possible. Okay.
0: we both agree on that. That you, your way of delivering it, yeah, is direct. Is there's nothing wrong with direct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't know what age these nudes were taken. Either these could be nudes that she sent to a high school boyfriend, and this is now child pornography.
0: But I would certainly say, in any case, she she needs to know they're there.
1: Yeah. I know a lot of people are doing OnlyFans nowadays or like other services where you send pictures for money. And I think that's totally fine. Like teach their own, do what you want to do, get the coin, whatever that looks like for you. But I will say if you are a listener and are doing things like that, make sure you are putting a watermark, a hidden watermark in every picture you send, whether that's you typing it on a preview app on your MacBook whatever Photoshop app, like put a watermark on your images so that, you know, if something gets leaked, you know, exactly who you sent that image to watermark that shit. Cause then they have no way of denying it and saying, Oh no, but someone else watermark it. You got to protect yourself.
0: No doubt. But I definitely agree with one, the, the, the one question. Absolutely. Make the call.
1: Gotta tell her I, immediately. Immediately. I mean, if she put po- like, I'd have a hard time believing it's if it's an anonymous nude sharing website. That sounds like a website that men go to just dump their nudes for other men to have a weird spank bank. That doesn't sound like it's an OnlyFans type website that she consented to putting herself out there on.
0: I I have no. No knowledge of the of, of this website. I mean, I have knowledge about adult finders, so certainly porn hub, but yeah. but I have no idea what else you're talking about. But the fact of that it's out there clearly, I agree. Yeah, bring it up to her and say, "Are you aware it's out there?"
1: For sure, immediately. Okay, <laughs> that's all I got for you this episode.
0: So uh, this wraps up our show for this week, and I do hope that you enjoy the show and you might be able to take some of this and implement it into your life or friends of yours and, uh, share, share with your friends that were out here and don't forget to subscribe.
1: Yeah.
0: And, um, Follow us to see if we're going to be doing a Patreon or not. We have a sickie, so uh, he may be able to do it or not.
1: <laughs> um, oh, poor sick boy.
0: And come join us on our Patreon. We're going to do one more uh, episode or a couple episodes for our Patreon that's going to be following this. So have a great week, and we look forward to seeing you join us next week. Bye. Bye-bye.